And welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell, and I get the distinct honor each and every week to sit down with Randall Carlyle. I, we should confess, I paid him to say that. Okay, thank you for saying it's an honor, though. And our it, sh- and you paid me, so it's an honor to be it, with you as well, Trip. It's a quid pro quo, uh, as we've learned. That's a bad word in politics right now. That's Latin for you do me a favor, but... <laughs> All joking aside, and we're going to get to meet our guest in just a second, the reason that we do this show is both Randall and I belong to a very exclusive club called AA. (laughs) It's a rather large club around the world. (laughs) There are a few of us, and one of our tenants is in order to keep the gift of sobriety, you give back. And I met Randall a year ago over at the central office across the street from our studio and said, let's do a show. Lee, who is, makes everything happen behind the camera, is also a member of our club, and we have been very honored to be positively received, and up to, on a good show, 12,000 listeners a week, which is incredible. And viewers. And viewers. Don't forget. We're, yep. on, we're on Comcast Channel 17. Thanks to Bill Francis. And, and we're on uh, Odyssey House's YouTube channel. All you have to do is Google Odyssey House Journals, and you'll see 30-plus 30, 30 shows that we've already done, and we're on iTunes and Spotify, and we're being listened to all over the world, including Russia, Switzerland, Israel, and Ukraine. Iran. Iran, Iran yeah. We have. we have one Iranian, and yeah. I didn't realize alcohol. There was a great – John Stewart, the comedian with The Daily Show, mm. had a great line. He said, Mahmoudinejad, the former president of Iran, said, we have no gays. And John Stewart said, that's why there's no good dinner theater in Iran. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. evidently there is one person who's interested in uh, substance uh, abuse, and yeah. gosh – we're happy to have them. It, it happens all over the world. And one of the reasons that we're so optimistic, Randall left Channel 4 um, while still under contract. I've never yes. left a TV station that wanted to have me, but that's no, another story. No, usually they get rid of you exactly. and don't renew the contract. But. but Randall had a chance to go work with Odyssey House, and Odyssey House is an amazing spot. So the number we're going to give you is for Odyssey House. This is not any any way, shape, or form an endorsement saying this is the only spot. It's a program that is very rigorous that can help. But they have people to talk to you if you've got a friend, relative, whoever, that's got a drug or an alcohol problem. By calling, you have opened up that problem and you've got people ready to help. Yep. 801-322-3222. And with that in mind, introduce us to our guest. Mallory Litster. Hi. I said that. I, her, her last name, it's L-I-T-S-T-E-R, which yes. is hard to say. You got it. Right? Litster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Mallory uh, is working in in the office I work in now in marketing at, uh, uh, at Odyssey House. And before that, you worked at our adolescent house for, yeah, for two quite years. some time. So, and you're a recovering addict. Yes, it's Boy, a miracle you, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> you want to start maybe by telling us your story, and then we'll get into what you do at Odyssey House and yeah. talk about recovery. I'll, go ahead. Okay. The floor so, is yours. I will take it. Y'all ready? Okay. So, my... Three, two, one, go. Okay. Okay. Mm. Um, starting from, you know, a young age, just growing up, um, wasn't the best life. But it is what it is. My mom was terminally ill my entire life. Um, Had to kind of raise myself. Um, Right after I turned 16, I had found her two days before Christmas. She was dead on the floor. Um, She actually was an overdose of fentanyl and methadone and partial suffocation. Um, so what was, was her? Medic? What was her original disease? What? So she had a bunch. I can't even like a lot of like intestinal stuff and 
like Hirschsprungs and things like that. Um, so they removed like a lot of her colon. She had ileostomy back. She was just always in and out of the hospital. And so after that, now that I'm older, I realized she definitely was abusing her pain meds. I didn't know that then. I do. I know that now. And I promised myself, I'm like, I am never going to do that. <laughs> like my mom passed away, like never, but it started just, I never really got help for any of that. And so. For the emotional Correct. Stuff. Yeah. And so it started for me going. Was your father around, by the way? Not really. So um, you had a single parent household and your mom is addicted to painkillers and correct. dying of a disease. Correct. And so my grandparents, you know, they raised my sisters and I. Thank God for grandparents. But, um. So mine really started, it was when I was like 16, I went to the dentist, pain pills. I threw up and got so sick, but I loved that feeling. And Not so, the throwing up. No, the, no, no, no. The no. euphoric feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I just got through with it. Um, I dabbled in things in high school. Well, actually, I, I was an overachiever, and I guess I dabbled in um, middle school. And it started with helping my older boyfriend roll up and sell chronic and then it I did a lot of my first drugs so I dabbled with stuff in high school and things like that um after high school me and my girlfriends we would you know buy like oxys 60 bucks for an 80 we'd just have fun snort it go out and do stuff as I got older I found myself still not dealing with a lot of my past trauma but I didn't know that now, but that's why I think I got into it and started using. And it started with pain pills, went up to, couldn't get it by the doctor anymore, go to the street, buy the pills. Crap, you don't have the money for that. And I was like, I'm never going to do heroin. That is so ghetto. Like, no. But when you're at that point that you can't afford the Roxy's or Oxycontin, I turned to heroin, started smoking it first. Um, it was super cheap, so it went from there. I tried methadone, tried everything, um, and I got busted by an undercover DA after I was picked up from heroin dealer. He said, and I just went to the gas station, used, and walking out to my car, I was going to put my stuff in the trunk, and it was just a plain clothes guy, pulls out his badge. He said, Mallory Lipster. I was like, yeah. I was high, shaking. He's like, I wouldn't close that trunk if I were you. And explained, I just saw you pick up. I knew what you're doing. Scared the living hell out of me. Um, after that, it's like I'm done. I got clean. Still went through more stuff. I was like, just because I'm clean and not using, I'm okay. No, I never really like could adult. Even at the young age. How old were you when you got busted by the DEA? Oh, gosh. In my early 20s. And it's funny, so I stopped. And then a couple months later, I was so desperate. So I called that dealer back. And the same agent answered the phone and said, Mallory, they're out of business. <laughs> I, <wouldn't, laughs> I died. Oh, I died. And I'm like, okay, that's it. That's it. So this DEA agent, he didn't have a frequent buster card where if you get arrested by him four times, you get a free arrest. <laughs> no, no. A free bag. <laughs> no. But he, yeah. he 
obviously saw something in you that he wanted to help you out. Yes, and yeah, and I wish I could remember who he was or what his name was because it helped me a lot. And We've heard that on so many shows where people, Mindy Vincent uh, talking about Judge Benson helping her out and our first guest that we were talking about, U.S. Attorney John Huber about. People have been in situations where someone in law enforcement sees something inside that person where they see a reason to give him a break to help right. him out. And it sounds like you had that. That there and then got back on heroin really bad. My father lives After that? Oh yeah. Okay. Um my father lives in Arkansas. Um I lived I moved with him when I was eighteen to Washington just to build a relationship. I called him, I was like, Dad, I need help. And he's in the medical profession, same with my stepmom. I was like, I smoked heroin before I left, went on the plane, went there, I was like He'll help me with, you know, something for the withdrawals. No. I cold turkey in Arkansas in this little tiny town called Glenwood. And he made me quit smoking. Everything went through the worst withdrawals ever. And then started back up. He kicked me out of the house. I met a boyfriend, barely knew him. Lived in Arkansas on the streets. And he turned me... I. He shot me up for the first time. Um, it was an abusive relationship, horrible. So the reason I'm sitting here today is um, about eight years ago, um, I was living with him. We were together. I was put in the ER so many times. He'd beat the with hell out overdoses of me. overdoses or what? Oh, no. beatings? Oh, beat the hell out of me. He'd lock me in rooms for hours and just beat horrible. But I found out I was pregnant. Went to the abortion clinic, and they said, I wasn't even showing. I was like 90 pounds. And they said, sorry, you, you're 24 weeks along. We can't help you. We were both junkies, didn't know what the hell we were going to do. And so, you know, I ended up having the baby, Dylan. Um, my mother's ex-partner, my mother was lesbian. Um, she found out I was pregnant. She's like, I want it. And so after I had him... I realized I need help. Like, I'm going to die. My family, I cut them off completely. I'd burned every bridge. So I got charged with theft and stuff that my boyfriend and I were doing. It was supposed to be a felony. Prosecutor, by the grace of God, dropped it down to a misdemeanor, and the judge ordered me to go get help. So that's what I did. And it was like a faith-based rehab. Um, I went there, withdrawing, horrible. And I actually left because you can't smoke or anything. I'm like, I'm out. As I was walking down the road, I was like, I have no one to call. I cannot call family. I have nowhere to go. I can't even call, like, friends that I hung out with and used with because I don't have a damn thing to give them. I don't have a penny. And just that feeling of... Like, I don't want to do this anymore, but you're stuck with being physically so ill with withdrawals. They'll do anything. So I sucked it up and I went back. And I've been clean and sober ever since. So it's clean this year. Um, May 24th, I believe. Seven years. Wow. wow. <clears throat> and it's yeah. not easy. <laughs> but it's doable. <clears throat> and it... When we talk to people, there's a time when you just are ready. 
And it's hard when we have friends and family who aren't ready and who just haven't felt that part. Was it a relief when all of a sudden you realized, I'm ready, I can make a change? Yeah, it was. And was that one of the best days but, of your but life? But look at what it forced What forced her to come to that was the fact that she's all alone and had nowhere to go. In so Arkansas. It's, so it's like, you're yeah. twi- it's like twisting your arm saying, okay, what, you know, what are you going to do? And then you, you chose the, the way to stay alive and, and well, to overcome this. And with most addicts, it's, we're not happy. Like, it's, <laughs> we're just, we're doing what we do to get by to feel normal. Like, the whole fun of getting high... That's far gone. You're just doing it so you can function and get out of bed. We're all deal like us as addicts, it's shameful. It's embarrassing as hell. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to have to deal with it or go through getting clean because it hurts physically, mentally, emotionally. Having to deal with all that, it's terrifying. So a lot of addicts, they're walking around with they're close to rock bottom, but it's just the fear. And, I had that fear. We all do. And as a person with an alcohol issue, I'll watch the TV commercials, and they never have a commercial for how you are when you're waking up terribly hungover, <laughs> right? depressed, trying to figure out what you did. It, Strangely it looks enough, so glamorous. It is know. very glamorous. Yeah. And you see these people on, you know, Eight great-looking women, eight great-looking men. They're ra- running through the streets of San Diego and get together for one Michelob light afterwards. Yeah, or on a on a cabin Super cruiser yet. out on the ocean, everybody having fun, you know. Or yeah, no one makes uh, commercials to actually show the downside for some and strange they reason. Should, because a lot of people, if you haven't been through addiction, they're like, just stop. It's like you stop breathing and let me know how that works for you. It's. It's not that easy. Yeah, and and that's one of the reasons we do this program is that that help is available. There's a huge yeah. recovery community, and 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 you're proof positive, uh, you know. And and it's like you asked me why I left TV because I wanted to work at Odyssey House because they offered me a job, and I just feel better doing that. And in in AA or in any other in any recovery and in Odyssey's recovery program, we talk about doing service work, giving back, because that takes you out of your own head. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when I when I would get the drunkest and feel feel really bad and and drink way too much was I'm feeling feeling sorry for myself because I was bored. I'd sit there and go, oh poor poor Randall. I, I think I'll drink some more. <laughs> I mean, it's. You know, and, and when you when you get out and do stuff that's positive, you, you don't think about yourself as much, you know. And that's so true. And when you're in your addiction, it's just depressing. You don't want to get up. Where's and, the pesticide? Huh, we yeah. got to get this bug <laughs> out of the studio. You don't want to get up and do anything. No. You don't have the strength to want to do anything. And we're not happy people with as addicts. We're depressed as all get out. You know, and my I tried so many times to kill myself, and I always woke up. I should have overdosed. I should be in prison. I did a lot more illegal stuff in Arkansas. By the grace of God, never was, you know, had to deal with that. So I literally am here. Like, it's a miracle. And and so many of our guests are. We're going to give out the number one more time before we go to break. And this is the number at Odyssey House, 801. 322-3222. And give that number a call. They've got people there to help you. There's 
the addiction recovery community in this state is strong. Yeah. yeah and very. a number of great centers and great people. So call that number if you've got any questions and people are there to help you. We'll be back after this short break. And welcome back to Odyssey House Journal's Randall Carlisle. I'm Trip Mitchell. And again, can you introduce us to this Mallory one? Litster. I, I'm, you know, Mallory Litster. That, that, that's a hard last name. It's Scottish. Scottish? <laughs> yeah, whenever everyone asks me, I'm like, I always have to do the accent for some reason. <laughs> and, and people spell it wrong a lot. because yeah, Even we did on first... your first business cards we, we made me for you. Me sitting here, all that I've been through, I got my first business cards, like... That's so cool. I never thought I would be sitting here doing stuff like this, have my car of my own business. Like, ah. So you, you've done cool. an amazing job talking about your struggles. And one of the things that I find pretty amazing about being in recovery is that people are very, very happy to tell their story because yeah. the philosophy is if we can help one person. Mm-hmm. And your story is – now, if you were to look at – you today, it, it, clear you've been given a lot of gifts. And what is the message you talk to, especially when you worked at Odyssey House trying to help people? What's the message that you try to relate to most Because she, she was dealing with that in her adolescent program. Which is so which, tough. Which is so critical uh, to try to get people back on the right track mm-hmm. before they become screwed up adults like us. <laughs> yeah, know? and I love working with them because I was them. And I get it. So he asked, what's your message? So my message is, you're feeling hopeless, alone. Like, this, you you can never come out of it. There is hope, and there is help out there. And you've got to want it, though. You really do. No one can force you to go into treatment. You have to want to do it for yourself. And it's scary. It's scary as hell taking that first step. But as soon as you surround yourself and get clean with people that are going through the same thing as you. And you're like, Hey, I'm not alone in this. There's actually a lot of people that are dealing with this. And so it, it helps getting treatment and being called out on your crap. One of the things that is surprising in the state of Utah, we have so many high school kids who have drug and alcohol problems. Oh yeah. The perception is, is that we're an LDS (laughs) state and mm-hmm. no one drinks, no one does any drugs. Oh, we don't do anything here in Utah. No. Nothing could be further no. from the truth. Yeah. What what high school did you go to? I went to Riverton High School. And big problem down there? Um, It wasn't as big, no. Actually, it really wasn't. But, but if you wanted booze or drugs, you could find it. Oh, right? yeah. Well, <clears throat> I started dating an older guy that was in older than me, and yeah. It was just by starting with weed, but then you come and enter twine with people that bring other stuff and so gateway or not drugs are drugs so Um, you had an opportunity to get to odyssey house tell me about how odyssey house has changed you it has been so amazing to get back and help others um i didn't realize like i finally realized you know why did i go through all these things to help others that's why i'm here and so I wanted to come back and, you know, work at some sort of rehab. And I found Odyssey starting out as a youth mentor. And it's just so cool to go in and you see yourself in all these, other, especially the youth. And you can relate and help. And just being there and them knowing, like, she's in recovery. They don't have to go into depth. But being a good role model to them 
um, teaching them just the basics. A lot of them come from good homes, a lot streets. So it's all different people. And just by sharing kind of my story and that I've been through it, it's easier to help them and help others. And now that I've joined the marketing team, which is so cool, I can go and do outreach. Like I've been starting at the prison release. So when people get out of prison, I greet them and say hi, and they have to be come, come over and just talk about what are you doing after this? What are your plans? And we have Odyssey there because that's can be your next plan. If you don't deal with the underlying issues of why you're using and why you're numbing yourself, it's just going to be a cycle that you get into. And with Odyssey, yeah, it is a tough program. But us as addicts, that's what we need. We need structure. We need accountability. And someone to talk to that can support you and understand you, like the therapists they have there that line you up. Um, and also it's great because, at, you know, after treatment with Odyssey, they don't just, okay, you're going by. It's free care for life afterwards. Complete the program, do great. There's so much that Odyssey is connected with that the graduates, you know, come and, back and work for us. And one of the things that we've found is, and we've talked about it on the show, is that because of insurance and that sort of thing, four weeks became the standard unit of measurement for... At for-profit for places. Yes. Exactly. So yeah. 28 days, you come in, you take a problem that you might have been suffering from for 20 years yeah. and turn around in four weeks, and that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And with Odyssey... It's not necessarily like, hey, you're going to be in for this month, this month. They're, they have different levels that you go through. And the team that, you know, with the therapist, the clinical team, and the peers, all of that, they really work with you and see when you're ready. And if you're committed to the program and work through it, it's you're not just going to be able to leave. And, you can leave and just stay by, but yeah. getting... Yeah, you can definitely. We're not out. a lockdown facility. Yeah, so you, can... you can definitely leave, but just the support Odyssey has in the community, it becomes a family. And you're not alone going through this. There is help out there, even if it's not Odyssey. There is so much help out there, but you've got to want to do it. And that's all there is to it. That's the key to the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, like you you were forced into wanting to do it when you left that rehab mm-hmm. facility. And then everybody has a different rock bottom, a different path, yeah. you know, but. There's an expression, you don't have to get off at the basement. You can get off anywhere oh, sure. you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most, a lot of us do that. So you've probably seen some pretty inspirational stories. Can you talk about a boy or a girl that you've met at Odyssey and whose life has been transformed so amazingly? Um, so an adolescent. Um, don't use a name. I won't. Okay. Her story is heartbreaking. Um just the stuff you hear in the news about what parents do with their children to get drugged. She's gone through that. She's just 16. And the scars she has all over her. And she was self-harming. And her mother is not in her life. Father was the only picture. He's in prison. And to see her come in so broken and so defiant and just angry at the world trust issues like no other and to see her progress of stopping the self-harming like being able to say this this wasn't my fault and 
a lot of the times we we think it's our fault, so we carry that guilt. And the progress she's doing and is done with her life of staying with Odyssey, even after graduating, staying clean, still coming and joining in on groups. And what's cool is with Odyssey, um, they support, you know, different levels and different people by situations. You know, there's apartment there for her that they lined up. Um, sure. She can come back. She still comes back and meets with her therapist. Still be a part of the community. So if you want, Odyssey is a program for life. Oh, completely. If a you want. And a family yeah. for life. Yeah. Well, and a name we can use, and you probably knew her because she's been on a podcast and gave us permission, is Emily. Yes. When I first started adolescence, she had just come in. And so seeing her complete the program, oh, she was a little, and she knows, but I love her dearly. She is doing so well. Yeah, she is. She's going to the U now. She has her own apartment. She's so, so smart and has such a, she's brilliant. Yeah. Like, and addiction cuts across. It's not smart people. It's it's not dumb people. It's it's people. Rich people. people. It's not poor people. It's everyone. It is. Well, and it, it good is, families, bad families. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's amazing. All different I mean, backgrounds. I mean, you can't you couldn't predict. I mean, because because there are people who grow up in families where their moms and dads are are drug dealers yeah. and and they're in a horrible housing situation. I mean, they grow up to be doctors and lawyers and politicians, or 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 people who grow up in mansions and and end up in prison. You mm-hmm. know, it's a, it doesn't matter. Sure, and it's out there. Well, thank you so much for coming on Thanks and telling your story. Thanks for having me. This is really cool. Cause and so your job at Odyssey House, you're in marketing, so you're you're going out and meeting people and yeah, telling so people the Odyssey. outreach specialist. I'm going to be going to conferences. Um, we go to the women's men and women's shelter. Homeless, homeless homeless resource shelters. center. Yeah. And you and you have business cards. Yes. Yeah, but they're spelled wrong. So she. So she's, they have to reorder. They forgot the first T. So. Well, it it does happen. Mm. But we are, are so thank you for watching. This show has, in 40-plus episodes, we've got an audience that is... In the thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Over 10,000 listeners on a big show. And, and that's not fake news, regardless of what any politician says. And okay. this is not at Nielsen News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, again, if you've got a challenge, if you know someone who has a challenge, pick up the phone and call. There are so many people who want to help and... You deserve to get help. Your friends deserve to get help. Your family does. I want to thank Lee, Bill Francis over at Comcast, everyone involved with the show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone.